0: Welcome to Act 3, the podcast where we explore how to thoughtfully shape the rest of our lives. I'm your host, Kara Gray. This podcast is sponsored by Good Morning Freedom, my retirement coaching service where I help executives and professionals plan their Act 3. For more information, stay tuned until the end. Today, I welcome Jenny Antonietich to the podcast. In her words... After 20 years in the wine business, she changed to a career in wellness and is sort of retired. Now she teaches yoga and meditation. She has never outgrown the childlike delight in sharing what she loves and finds meaningful with others. Helping people feel their wholesome best and helping them take the next step towards their heart's desire is what motivates her now. Healthy, happy, people cause less harm and so this is her way of trying to alleviate suffering in the world that is that is a mission jenny (laughs) so full disclosure i know jenny in real life so this conversation might be slightly more casual than some of them that i'm having i have taken many of jenny's classes both in the studio in downtown chicago she she teaches yoga at a fantastic place called Tejas, where they offer classes both online and in the studio. And I've also gone on a couple of her retreats, which have been rejuvenating, renewing, and amazing for me. So it's my pleasure to chat with her today because she does have a story of, you know, leaving one kind of high stress, crazy world and going to one that's a much happier place and much... you you know, just more, well, I'll let her tell it. How about that? I can stop talking. So I like to talk about journeys on this podcast. That's what it's been journeys from a place of working in a crazy world to not. So let's start with your life in the wine business. What did your schedule look like? What did your life look like? How were your hours? Tell me all about it.
1: Thank you for having me on your um, on your show for the first place. But um, yeah, I would say first of all that my career in the wine business was fantastic. Honestly, I I I loved what I was doing. Um, it was exciting. It was interesting. It was a lot of sharing with people. Um, it was a lot of work. It was grueling physical work. I will say it's the grueling physical work of the wine business that brought me to yoga in the first place because my body was just <laughs> losing functionality. Yeah. Um, and I, and I, I needed yoga just for like, I'm, I'm telling you, just for barely raising myself up to a, a bar of normal <laughs> functionality for a human being. I couldn't very well walk up and down stairs, for example. Thanks. Wow. Um, and I was in my mid thirties at that point. So, wow. Yeah, that's a problem. Really yoga bad. So was um, your, was your
0: job doing, um, more of like the sales side or promotions?
1: For most of the time, of the time I was in a retail store. Okay. Um, I was in the most exciting retail store in the world. I was in Sam's wines and spirits. I remember Sam's has yeah. um, gone out of business, but, um, it was, it was genuinely like, the most exciting venue that you could be in for wine um in the united states. it It was just it was it was massive. It was huge. It was uh, a, a destination for wine lovers, whether they were producers or salespeople, or of course, people that just drink wine. Um, I, I can, yeah, I don't want to go into it too much, but it, it was it was extremely exciting. Um, I did then spend a few years on the sales side. You know, there's a certain point at which people say, well, retail, retail, what's what's next? What can you do next? What can you do next? And for me, it was moving on to the wholesale side. And so I worked for an importer for almost three years. Um, and it was during that time that I started noticing what my female colleagues, especially, um, who are about 10 years older than me, say, um, what their lives were like and what their health was like. And I started realizing, I wasn't sure if I wanted to stay in it in the long run. The wine business itself changed a lot. It went from a very personal um, business um, to being sort of a much bigger commodity numbers game, for example. Mm. Um, and so in, in, in a different few different fields things were changing and I took the jump to say okay I need something new and I and I and I want it to be something that's more wholesome and I want it something that's going to let me continue for decades to really feel good in my body um to have you know decent health <laughs> not a vibrant health yeah. um and so uh, and so I and so I made the change and I, I, I value my my um, wine business experience and working at Sam's wines and spirits was like a dream job in many ways um, but at the same time I, I feel like what I'm doing now I very much could take with me to the grave right just like it, it's it's something that will change as I grow older in in some ways but I I expect to to ride it all the way to the end
0: <laughs> awesome were were there parts of like your identity that you had of all those years in the wine business do you, do you see those transfer oh. for you or did you have to let go of anything
1: for the most part it was letting go it was my mm-hmm. part it was letting go um being in the wine business is a is a tremendous um milieu of hospitality um which invite involves drinking wine <laughs>
0: I'm um, I I, I being know. shocked to even realize that you did drink wine because I was like this woman is so like aligned with the universe yeah. and the spirits uh,
1: <laughs> yeah so it just um it, it coincided and in, in a little ways with me I also moved I had I had been in the city of Chicago for a lot of years and then I moved out into the suburbs to be with the person who's now my husband and so um a lot of sort of friendship habits and um, community that I had where I had been living sort of fell away as I was falling in love and establishing a new life with my husband um, and eventually, you know, letting go of the deep immersion in the wine business. Um, it sort of two streams went against each other at the same time that kind of worked out to where like, yeah, I lost that identity. Um, when you're not completely immersed in one thing any longer, when you're not continually researching it and talking it and networking with it, it's not the word that I would have used at the time, but that's the word they would use now is networking with it. Um, you know, when that stuff drops away, um, there's just, there's all these layers that are, uh, lifted off of you. And I will say there's a little bit of grief with that for sure. You know, (laughs) um, it used to be, I was a specialist in Italian wine. So it used to be that I could go into almost any store or any restaurant in the city and look at that wine list and just know everything that was on it and often had had tasted it or at least had tasted it a year ago or something like that. And then, you know, to realize some years down the road, I can walk into a restaurant and look at that wine list and not really know anything. (laughs) I mean, I know the, the basics, right? I know the basics, but but that intimacy with uh, with um, certain products and certain people, you know, yeah. um, has gone. Like, I used to also be able to tell you who sold those wines. Like, okay, that's right? that. That's made by those people. It tastes like this. And it was sold by this person to that person. And then finally, you know, here. And I would have known all that. And then that is gone. That is completely gone. <laughs> the shifting landscape um, has shifted while I wasn't even standing on it. Yeah, and to try to put a step back on, you're just, you know, it's it's gone.
0: Yeah, but letting go is important at that stage, For and sure. having that ability to let go is something that one can cultivate. So you spoke a little bit about your body in your 30s needing yoga, and that's how you found it. Tell us a little bit more about that journey to finding yoga, and then realizing it's something you wanted to pursue as a teacher
1: okay well yeah i started um this is a very common story i think um i started in my gym in my local gym um taking a couple group classes i i've often said i really wish there was some kind of video you know at this time people didn't have cell phones and smartphones and things but i wish there was some kind of video or even a photograph of me in that first downward facing dog. dog Um, because I'm telling you I was a wreck. And um but something about the way I would feel, like I can't remember exactly the things that we did on those classes, but I can remember completely the way that I would feel when I would leave the class and walk home. And this just immense sense of of well-being, right? of just sort of like balanced of of having put some energy out and it having been meaningful and then at the same time, um, not being completely depleted. Right? Yeah. It, it, um, there's just something, honestly, n- now with the perspective that I have, I would say, you know, if you spend an hour paying attention to your body and your breath, it almost doesn't matter what you're doing. <laughs> um, that, that quality of attention, especially if it can be um, not extremely judgmental. I probably was pretty judgmental in those beginning stages, you know, because I would have been like, "You want me to do what? You yeah. want me to put the right foot where <laughs> it doesn't go? Right? It just do not yeah. go. <laughs> so we can let that go." Um, I know, I know, I had those experiences, but what I really remember was walking out of class and just feeling so well, and so. Um, it was probably for a few years that it was just a matter of going to group classes and walking away and feeling really well and it being, it it, it feeling so well that it was a complete enticement to go back for more. Right? it's like just complete enticement to go back for more. Um, Do you remember, um, at,
0: oh, sorry. Do you remember at what point um, you were like, I need to, learn more i need more knowledge in this i want to learn this i want to teach this to others
1: um you know it's my personality to dive deeply into really whatever catches my attention so um for me some of that stuff starts right away like as soon i'm like oh i really like this i want to do it more but i can't say that i was necessarily studying it wasn't reading it wasn't I didn't have friends that were doing yoga necessarily. You know, it wasn't yeah. yoga and then go for coffee and talk about the class or something. I didn't <laughs> I didn't really have that. Yeah. Um, um so I, I was just p- literally practicing the, the the physical and the breath stuff more and more. Um and I had two yoga I I had two what we call a yoga moment that, that really stand out in the early um period of this. A yoga moment is when you're sort of overcome in the middle of practice and maybe you're crying or maybe you're laughing. um, But there's there's some like just complete overwhelm experience um, that comes with some insight. Right. So like you're done with it and you're like, oh, my gosh, I know what to do now. You know, so we call that a yoga moment. The first one I was in the very beginning um, of a a practice and the teacher read a quotation from Sean Korn, who is a very well-known yoga teacher in the vinyasa world. And the quotation was, if you're being inauthentic, it's exhausting. But if if you're expressing your true self, it's effortless. And I had been on the wholesale side of the wine business. And it was a big challenge to me. It was a big, you know, knocking on doors. Hi, will you try my wine? Very different than, you know, being at the hub of the wine universe and (laughs) people coming to me. Um, It was very challenging um, to me. And I honestly didn't feel completely authentic in what I was doing. So when I heard those words, we were in child's pose, maybe, you know, head down, buried down, restful posture. I started crying. I I started crying and I couldn't stop crying. And I cried for at least half of the class. So like, you know, there's a point where I'm a downward facing dog. I have my butt up in the air, my head down and snot is, and just it's running up my face, right? Because I'm upside down, just tears and snot running into my hair. I just I wasn't loud. I was disruptive, but I, I cried for half of the class, and I'm like, okay, I'm doing the wrong thing with my life right now. Wow, that wasn't my husband. He was the good stuff. It wasn't. It wasn't that. That it was. It was. It was my. You know, the, the change in my vocation. Um, and but there was no good way to turn back and go back to what I was doing before exactly. So it was like, okay, I got to figure this out and and find. Another way to work with this, and oh, then um, yeah. same teacher, same not the same day, but the same class, same teacher. Some maybe short time later, at the beginning of class, she um held up a little postcard notice, and she said, "Oh, by the way, we're going to be hosting a yoga teacher training here at the at the at the gym," and I was like, "Oh my god!" and I, there was no longer a question yeah it, just, it was just it was, I didn't know what that was gonna be or what it would I'm not even sure that I was locked onto the teacher training part of it um more so like oh I can dive deeper and there's more than just a class oh oh I am into that you know it was just like I'm going into that um and I I don't even remember in those at the beginning what I thought about teaching I know I I assumed I would Mm -hmm. um, and that because and the reason I assume I know I assumed I would is because I remember a moment where I started to doubt myself partway through the training I thought to myself how how would I ever put this into my life I you know I have to work a full-time job I had gone back into retail at that point um kind of a drudgery job that I didn't really enjoy but yeah, you have to do something bills and so i said well how can i possibly make this work and then by the end of the training again i was back to where like i can't wait to 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 share this with other people it, i the transformation that i experienced in my first yoga training was so profound that i just I couldn't imagine, uh, I couldn't imagine keeping it to myself. Wow. Just, yeah. So I don't know, did that answer the question? It does.
0: And that type of authenticity, that type of like realness and feeling aligned does really attract clients for you, for example. So, you know, I mean, that was a natural thing where you didn't have to go back into selling or figure out how to make it work. Like that was you know, you're very strongly being called to do that, which which is so cool. You can correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like, well, it's just the classes that I go to are mostly older people and mostly gentle. I know you work on a wide range, but I think of you as being particularly resonant with that demographic. And I also remember going to one of your classes and a woman there We were talking about like why we come. I don't even know how the subject came up, but she was like, I come to yoga because when I'm 80 years old, I need to be able to get off the toilet. And I was like, that is plenty of reason and reason enough. Of course, it gives you a lot of other things, but this idea of aging and, you know, continuing to stay mobile is not a joke and your health as you get older is, is something that needs to be paid attention to and it's part of the the um work that I do with my clients now I mean there has to be a plan to take care of your health i am interested in general thoughts about taking care of yourself as you're getting older and you also have this wonderful concept of continually learning where you talk about if you're if you don't like your circle gets smaller it's one of my favorite talks that you've ever done. It was on a retreat that I went to and it was about, yeah, like if you don't keep expanding your world gets smaller and
1: that's really a rough way to age. Yeah. Um, that, that concept, um, I want to give some credit here. That's um, Pema Shodron. She's a, mm. Buddhist meditation teacher and uh, I can't remember where I came across this it was a video somewhere where she she uses a whiteboard and she draws these circles and there's the center and and a second um ring and then a third ring and um it is true, I, I am probably a little bit more interested in students who are at least in their 40s, um, but most of my students are, if not in their late 50s, in their 60s and their 70s, and mm-hmm. I do have students in their 80s. Yeah. Um, I like working with this group because I I feel like people have got some life experience behind them, and they're starting to recognize that things matter and they're, um, whether it's, you know, the motivation to be able to get up and down off the toilet or the motivation to stay in your own home all the way to the end, um, or just the, oh, I don't know. I I feel like there's a quality of, 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 of concentration that people can bring to their practice. They, they really, they're able to pay attention. Um, not to say it's easy, it's, it's challenging for everyone to kind of stay collected. We're really fragmented and, and, and so on, um, really disjointed in some ways. Um, but I feel, I feel like people, if, if they're into their forties at least, and then on and on, they've got a little bit staying power, um, to, to work with a practice or to understand that, um, that, that the, Work that they do maybe in a one-hour yoga class makes a difference in in their relationships, makes a difference if they're still working, um, in their ability to to, to complete a project or their ability to creatively come up with a new solution, that there's there's a, a tie in. It's not just an hour of fun, play with lights and music and cool clothes right It just so I I do I do tend to work with um with more mature students for sure um this teaching uh is something that is true really in all stages of our lives but you might just think of the the law of inertia right um yeah. Isaac Newton, right? It's like Yeah,
0: body in motion stays in motion. Body in
1: motion. Stays in motion and you know, until something works against it, and, and a body at rest stays at rest until something moves against it. And the longer we stay at rest, or the or the or the or the smaller we become, the more difficult it is to turn around and go outwards again. And so, you know, generally this is very natural, right? It's not like you're a bad person for doing this. This is just like how we're how we're kind of set up to be. We organize our lives to get them easier and easier and easier, right? So more efficient, um, better you better um, <laughs> appliances, right? Um, softer Doctor yes. sheets and bath towels. Um, the, the 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 things in the home that we like to smell. Uh, the surfaces that we like to touch. The, we we organize our lives. I'm just using a home here, but the same is true for our relationships. We avoid people that rub us the wrong way. We um, we don't go to restaurants where we don't like the food. Of course, right? Do you see what I'm saying? But we just yeah. in all ways, if we're not deliberately turning outwards and reaching outwards, then we are turning inwards, and so. This is not just a physical experience, but it's very much a mental experience and it's an emotional experience as well. But the the less that we do, the smaller we become, right? The less that we do, um, the the less able we are to do it. Things as simple as um, always leaning on the table with the hands and pushing into the hands to stand up. This seems so innocent, of course. But then there's a point where if there's no table there, right, we can't simply lean forward and press into the feet and stand up. So, I mean, I guess I, I, I see this all is coming together. Um, the more that we're continuing to stimulate ourselves, the, the more that we're um, willing to move, the 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 more likely it is that we can go on another vacation and walk up that hill to, to get the sunrise, right? Or we yeah. can, um, the more able we are to um, say, oh, park the car here, I can walk, you know, to the wherever it is. But but the opposite is true. The the more we use the valet parking or the, the more we rely on someone else to carry our bags or the more that, you know, Someone else puts the groceries in the car for us. These are little ways, little ways in our lives that um that add up. Yeah. Um, I don't know if i answered the question or not, but but you get the idea. Yeah. It's like well, um we have our comfort zone. That's that's the, the the little ring in the middle is the comfort zone. And then we've got a ring of challenge. Now then we also have a ring of overwhelm. Yes. So we, we don't want to get into the overwhelm, not not as a all the time right maybe every (laughs) now and then you chip a little toe out in the overwhelm just to know oh there are dragons out there but but we want to continually expand our our comfort zone we want the comfort zone to get bigger not smaller
0: yeah yeah no for sure that is exactly what i wanted to hear (laughs) (laughs) Uh, i think it's it's just really important as we age is something that I think we need to be mindful of and not everybody is. So that's why I'm glad I had you share
1: that. One more thing. Uh, I know that you're working particularly with like um, people who are anticipating their retirement or maybe they've just retired. Yeah. There's something really um, marvelous about the human brain, which is called neuroplasticity, which means that it's changeable. And, And it's one way that we have the capacity to always learn. Like it might be that an old dog can't learn new tricks, but a human person can, can learn new tricks always, always. And there's times in the life where we're more neuroplastic than, than other times. A, a, a big time, of course, is those first two years of life and really the first six years of life. But then it happens again as we're adolescents and it happens again when you fall in love. And if you end up having children, it happens at the birth of a child. So these moments where the brain is like automatically set up to be really changeable. Um, And and this is so that, of course, you'll stop being your old, you know, selfish person and take care of the baby, right? (laughs) You stop being your old selfish person and you can be in a relationship with another person or you can learn how to be a person in the first place. So when you're retiring, this is a massive transition time. It's, um, as, as, as or even changing careers, of course, as was the case with me. And
0: yeah, would you say, is that also a time of this neuroplasticity when you're yeah. switching?
1: Yeah, and to say something's you're, you're, changing. Always, you're always capable of, of making changes, always capable of making changes. But <laughs> you're just to say that it's a special moment. It's like you're on a stepladder, right? When there's a big change, if you move to a new town, if you if you start a new job, Um, if, if you're going to retire, so any big change is a really fantastic opportunity to be intentional about how you want things to go and what experiences you want to draw to yourself. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's just, it's, it's very worth people's time, um, to kind of pause and say, how, how do I want to be, you know, um, and, and what are the things I can put in my life to make sure that I stay that way? Yeah. Um, otherwise, I, I I definitely have people in my life who went past that retirement, you know, ticker tape, and they just skidded into the lazy boy chair and they watch TV. Yeah. No. And I, you know, I have a. I, have I know. A,
0: I don't. I don't want that to happen to people. That's why. Like,
1: yeah. If, she, if something drops on the floor, she can't. She can't get it because she can't go down, and she knows she can't get back up, and she's sixty-five. Oh, she's had no injuries. There's no That's... disease. She just hasn't done it in so long.
0: Yeah, She
1: can't do it anymore. And so wow. I just it, it, this is a, this is a magic moment. We, we every moment is magic, obviously. Every moment is magic, but this is like such a great opportunity to say, okay. What can I do to have great sleep? What can I do to really um, nourish myself? What can I do to 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 fill my life with exciting experiences that stimulate me? Um, how can I interact more with more and more interesting people? How can yeah. I find challenges? How can I find challenges that are appropriate, that are not overwhelming, but that keep me, you know, Going outwards that keep me turning outwards. Perfect,
0: yeah. you can do my job, Jenny.
1: <laughs>
0: no, I love it. I, I mean, I do look at it. retirement is not an end, as I look at it as a beginning yeah. and a way to really explore all kinds of things that you just haven't had time or capacity right. 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 to do in your life. So this all plays um, really well. The other thing that. Was notable when you were talking earlier was about, you know, your experience when you first went to yoga was not about community. But I would say the group that you have, I call them Jenny groupies. That's why I told your husband when I first met him, I said, I'm a Jenny groupie.
1: <laughs>
0: you are very much cultivating community. And that is another thing that is important because you have to find oftentimes a new community when you retire so i find a uh, yoga studio a great place for that as well
1: yeah I, I 100% agree it is it is first of all i push it yeah you know, my languaging I, I reference the the community i reference the support that we give to each other as we're practicing yeah or practice supporting each other so we can go out into the world and support each other
0: yeah
1: um But, yeah, I have a Monday morning class, for example, um, with mostly retirees. And after class, they almost always go out for coffee afterwards. Like, the whole class, like, they all get in the elevator. (laughs) They all go together. um, And there's two or three different places that they go in the neighborhood. Um, But that sense of community, I, I think especially a sense of community around people who have at least, at least a smidgen of interest in a healthy lifestyle. Yeah. You know, cause we can like minded people can in a community at the, at the pub, you know, at, on the corner, which, yeah. you know, commu- community, is great. So where you're genuinely finding community, I, I support that, but I think yoga can be it for sure. It was for me, what we might call like a King, stone what is is that the right word a keystone a keystone Mm, like a pillar it's something it's like you know you you put your finger in this spot and then it spreads all over the globe that kind of a thing so for example um you want to feel good in your yoga practice and you want to feel strong you want your body to feel good so you're careful about what you eat or drink the night before So you're starting to make a little thing there you know that you need to be well hydrated so you have some water before and you make sure you get water afterwards the rest of the day after a practice um there is sometimes a little bit of shaming this isn't great but i think it is it it can serve it can serve a, a good end there's a little bit of shaming i mean in a yoga studio um you don't find a lot of people talking about chicken and waffles and um, and where they can get the best shots at happy hour. Right, you tend to have people t- chatting about, oh, you know, this new place opened and they have super healthy lunches. Um, this place opened and it's a great place to go um, if you're not going to drink, you know, like whatever it is, whatever it is. Um, people tend to, to you know, make a friend that they're going to go out and they're going to take a walk with later mm-hmm. in the week. Yep. Um, so I, I find that like a yoga studio, uh, of course, gyms do this as well. Fitness studios do this as well. But a lot of yoga studios, they support community in a different way. And I I would guess that part of it is there's a conceptual framework that's underneath yoga. It's It's not just a group of postures that you do or some way of moving in the body but there's some philosophy underneath it as well mm-hmm. and just to just to like touch one little note here one of those elements of the philosophy is that you're not isolated you're not alone you are connected very very deeply extremely fundamentally essentially connected to all other beings and so you know, if, if if this is the if this is the belief and this is the understanding, um, at least of, of owners of a studio or or principal teachers of a studio, then it then the community that forms is, is just a natural outgrowth of that. It, Sometimes gyms are a little more compartmentalized, and they tend to they, they tend to separate mind and body, or they separate yeah. heart and body. Um, and they tend to feed the ego in a way that accentuates that sense of isolation, yeah. that sense of comparing. Am I as strong as them or am I not as strong as them? Um, oh, yeah, I don't know if I'll ever be able to do that, you know. Or yeah. It's part of a judging quality that that, that leads us into feeling separate, yeah. which then leads us into feeling uh, happy. But yeah. the yoga the yoga studios push community in a certain way. Push is probably a hard word, but you know it's supported. It's supported because there's an underlying understanding that we're in this together. Yeah, you know, and 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 that what we do has meaning because it, it's incredibly impactful for the rest of the world, really.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. So, speaking of which. I am going to put a link to Tejas Yoga where people can find you and take your classes. And then I'll also put a link to your website because depending upon when this podcast is released, Jenny has various retreats and meditation courses and other interesting things going on constantly. So you can get on her mailing list, I think, by going to her website. So I'll put all those details in the show notes. And Jenny, thank you so much for... Coming on here and sharing your wisdom, I feel more calm already. <laughs> and I need to come to class soon, so I will. <laughs> uh,
1: you're welcome anytime. You're welcome anytime. Thank it you. It was a to talk to you, as always. And uh, yeah, just congratulations on the work that you're doing, because uh, the way that we spend the last sort of portion of our life is... is um, So impactful. This is really where we sometimes turn around and are at our very best. You know, so
0: it's certainly possible.
1: Thank (laughs) you so much. Thank you. Bye bye.
0: This podcast is sponsored by Good Morning Freedom, my retirement coaching firm. I help executives and professionals plan the non financial part of their retirement, like how to discover new purpose and how you want to spend your time. I offer a one-on-one coaching retirement blueprint package where we work together to discover some new avenues of exploration for your Act Three. This coaching is completely custom and will provide you with a ton of resources and support as you transition to this new stage of life. For all the details, please go to goodmorningfreedom.com slash services.